podcast where we pursue a deeper conversation about the Bible, teaching ministry of South Paris Baptist Church in South Paris, Maine. And I am your host, Dane Sampson. And I am Brian Wilbur, uh, Dane's podcast colleague and conversation partner. Uh, Dane, this is the first episode of Stone Pillar, so we should say something about it. Uh, Why are we doing this podcast and why were you drawn to it? I was drawn to this podcast for the opportunity to engage in further discussion and question answering as we go through Genesis. Uh, This is to be a benefit not only to myself, but also to our listening audience as well. Uh, We will delve deeper into the inspired word through conversation and listeners' questions. I see this as extremely valuable for our individual and corporate growth as we will provide an outlet for people's questions and can engage in themes that are not part of our expositional study on Sunday mornings during the church service. What about you, Pastor Brian? How do you envision this podcast, and why are you excited about it? Well, first of all, I just want to I just want to say uh, to all of you who are listening that uh, Dane was uh, kind of the obvious choice. It just kind of this kind of unfolded really naturally, but he was the obvious choice to to do this uh, with me because uh, Dane is, is he's, he's probably the most likely person to, uh, after a sermon, to, to reach out to me, whether in person or through a text message, and just commenting on, uh, on some aspect of the sermon or just sharing, uh, maybe, maybe sharing a, a line of thought uh, that maybe I didn't pursue that much in the sermon myself. Um, and so Dana is just very interactive with uh, the sermon. Um, and so it, we're kind of taking that and giving it a little bit more uh, exposure. I, I, uh, I, I envision this podcast as a down-to-earth unpolished conversation you know some some when i preach i I like it to be polished but when i'm teaching in other settings where there's more dialogue or this is a conversation it's less polished um and that's good because that that interfaces with real life quite well but an, an unpolished conversation about the things that matter most the things that pertain to salvation the things that relate to our daily walk with god Really, all that all that God has revealed us revealed to us in His Word. Those are the things that are most important, and that's what we want to chew on together. And I think that one of the advantages of a podcast is simply taking stock of of where we find ourselves in the 21st century. I mean, it would be valuable to do this in person. With a with a you know not even being recorded just a live a, 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 a live conversation in real time with you know forty or fifty people. The truth of the matter is is that if we were to invite people to come at such and such a time on such and such a day, 
there probably wouldn't be many people coming. People are, people are, people are busy, and it's difficult for people to get out for special events like that. Um, but doing a podcast, that allows uh, our people to, they can view it or listen to it uh, at a time that's conducive to their own schedule. And so we have the opportunity, to, I think, to, to reach more people um, in, in, this, in this particular manner. And I do want to emphasize that this podcast is specifically to benefit uh, the South Paris Baptist Church family. This is not a. This is not envisioned as some kind of a uh, a theological podcast to go global. <laughs> um, I mean, we're happy for anyone who happens to listen in. But this is really to take the teaching and preaching ministry of South Paris Baptist Church and just to to dig into it a little deeper. So it's going to be most relevant to and most applicable to the the people of South Paris Baptist Church. Um, and so. Uh, just one more one more thing I want to say about that is if you're listening to this, um, we would love for you to submit uh, to submit questions uh, to us, and then we, we we would love to incorporate that into our conversation. So you know you can email you can email your questions to me at Pastor Brian at SouthParisBaptist.org, and how can people reach out to you, Dane? I think in our in this first publication, we can in include my email address and people can send me an email. That's kind of, my email is a little bit hard to communicate over the airwaves because it's okay. 76 dostoy at gmail.com. So we'll, we'll have that written out so oh. that when people get this, they can, they can see that written out and they can send me questions as well. Um, but a big question, uh, since, you know, we have mentioned the Bible teaching ministry of South Paris Baptist Church, let's start there. What is the purpose of a church or a church's teaching ministry? Well, it, it, it really gets down to the, the heart of biblical Christianity. Um, and, you, and you see this in the Old Testament and the New Testament, but over and over again, we learn about the centrality of the Word of God, you know, God's God's verbal revelation to his people so that they would understand him and know him. And of course, it's the privilege of all of God's people to, to, to know him and to meditate on the scriptures and to grow in their knowledge of, of, of the Bible. Um, and yet, you know, God, God has uh, so worked and so arranged things for there to be teachers in the church. Um, you know, they're, they're, of course, there's teachers at all different kinds of levels. Uh, you know, there's there's pastor teachers, um, and the, but then there's teachers in other ministries. So w w many many people are involved in our teaching ministry. But just think about the Great Commission. You know, Jesus said to to go into all the all the world and make disciples. And of course, the first step in making disciples is you're, you're proclaiming the gospel, the good news of what God has done through Jesus Christ. And, and, and then as people respond to that, they're baptized. And Jesus says that, you know, those who are baptized uh, must learn to obey all that the Lord has commanded, you know. And so we, 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 we want to set forth the whole counsel of God, the promises of God, what, what, what God has accomplished for us, and then what God expects of us, his, his, his practical instructions and commands. And, and you know, when, when we're ministering to, to, to young believers, whether children or adults who are new to the faith, for them, uh, we're giving them a lot of what's probably new information. 
for 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 believers who've been Christians for a long time, it's it's less about imparting to them new information, but it's just keeping us all grounded. We 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 all have a tendency to drift. We all need to be reminded. We all need to remember. We all need the truth to be reinforced because we're we're constantly facing temptations from our own sinful nature and from the world at large. And so we we need, you know, we need help. So uh, the Apostle Paul said in Colossians uh, chapter 1 verse 28 describing his ministry, he said, "Him we proclaim referring to Christ." We proclaim Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. And, th- and that's, the, that's the goal, is, is, is uh, we're in a discipleship growth process, and we want uh, every believer to attain maturity. Ultimately, we'll attain maturity on, on the last day when we you know, stand before the Lord. But, but there's a process in this lifetime where we're actually supposed to grow and make progress in our walk with God. And, and the, the church's teaching ministry is meant to serve that, that purpose. Now, what about, what about you? How do you, how do you see the church's teaching ministry? I mean, I'm, I'm often, I'm often in the role of teacher. Um, of course, I'm learning a lot as I prepare, but I'm often in the role of teacher. You are sometimes in the role of teacher, uh, in, in various outlets, but, um, but like on Sunday mornings, you're, you're generally in the role of receiver. How do, how do you perceive and experience the, the teaching ministry of the church? Well, I think that you have the obvious service on Sunday, which is, which is a, like a class, a lesson of teaching where you are interacting with the Word and you're being taught the Word as part of the assembly in a corporate setting. But you also have, uh, you know, we have the benefit of home groups, where we get together and we encourage each other, you know, midweek, and we discuss the word and we fellowship around it. Um, but we also have brotherhood, and we also have fellowship that is that extends beyond the home group, where it's like sharp, iron sharpening iron, and you know, peer level encouragement and ministry towards each other. Um, whether that's ministry of service or if it's ministry of teaching, all of those things, whether it's practical or academic, it's all communicating ministry and the ministry of his word, um, whether it's in words or deeds, we're, we're communicating that with each other. We do that, you know, that extends and radiates out from the Sunday service into the home groups and into our brotherhood with each other. And that builds community. Um, and I think that a huge part of the ministry is being involved in that and getting the, in the flow of that and participating in that and being an active listener, an active participant in that process and not just um, kind of going through the motions and kind of just going through the flow, but being actively engaged and turning on our mind and turning on our actions for the purpose of growing in practical holiness. And that would be how I see the church's teaching ministry. And, and you know, the, 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 uh, another aspect to all this is, is the fact that God wants all of his people to be to be teachers, not not lead Amen. teachers who are up front, yep. you know, preaching, but but uh but he wants all of his people to be competent to explain the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And, and and there's so many different settings. And so and so one of one of the ways that we encourage and equip people to to, you know, in a sense, to, to broadcast the word wherever they go, wherever they live, wherever they serve, wherever they work, is by, you know, you kind of have a 
you're, you're, you're equipping them uh, through the teaching ministry of the church to be better equipped for them to take the word and share it with others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's excellent. And I think that's a huge part of, you know, teaching ministry. It's, it's all of those things. But here's, here's big question number two. Why the Genesis Sermon Series? Well, you know, we, we, we're, we're I, I, I think we're about 50 sermons in, uh, give or take, you know. So we started uh, the Genesis, Genesis Sermon Series in early 2022, you know. So we're a year and a half in, and, you know, once in a while we take some, some short breaks. But um, I, I think there is, there, there are probably two or three really important reasons why it's so important to be thoroughly engaged with the book of Genesis. Um, so, uh, and they're kind of interrelated, but um, the book of Genesis is the first book of the Bible. And the, the, the whole Bible is fundamentally one coherent book. Uh, although it was written over the course of you know many centuries through the instrumentality of different human authors, uh, there's one divine author, and you, you know you're 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 a, a bit handicapped in your understanding if you just try to jump in the middle to understand what the message of the Bible is all about. You really you want to understand the 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 whole thing, every part of it, but. At, you know, whether it's the Bible or any other book for that matter, the beginning of a book always occupies a very special place in the book because it it sets the stage for all that follows. Um, and, and, and I think that as, as, as Christians, uh, we, we need to be firmly established in the, you know, the, 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 the opening act of Holy Scripture, which, of course, gets at the opening act of human history and God's creation of the world and his purpose for creating it and his design for men and women and his calling upon our lives. Um, and so I, I just think on that level, we've got we've to be rooted in the book of beginnings. Mm-hmm. Um, so many, of the, so many of, the, uh, of the core doctrines and core themes of Scripture are introduced in the book of Genesis. And so we want to take note of that. And, and, and just begin to, to trace that through the whole Bible um, to enhance our walk with the Lord. I would also say that uh, the, the you know, 21st century Western world has gotten totally detached from, from the Christian influences of the past. And so uh, we, we, you know... Basically, our society at large has a very unchristian and unbiblical worldview, um, and you, you just you just think about um, you know the, the 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 dignity of mankind, and you, you think about the God's design specifically for men and God's design specifically specifically for women, and you think about marriage, and you think about the 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 value placed upon children. These are these are these are these are things that the Bible teaches, teaches us about, and these are things that our own society routinely dismisses and rejects, um, sometimes even mocks. And so I think that, that you know, believers need to know 
with confidence that this is God's design, and it has always been so. Um, but we, we don't want to be... Uh, it, it, as Christians, we don't believe in the independent authority of cultural tradition. You know, a cultural a cultural tradition might have good elements; it might have bad elements. But we're not we're not doing we're not striving to do what we do just because somebody else did it that way. We're trying. We, we want we want our hearts, our minds, our lives to be tethered to the Word of God and to His design for humanity. And and what a great place to start getting grounded in what the book of Genesis teaches us. So what, what about, what about you? You obviously, uh, you obviously have been stoked by our journey through Genesis. So what do you, what do you see as, as the value of the Genesis sermon series? I see the value of it. Uh, all the things that you mentioned, I think were excellent. I think the value of it also is, is it's the foundational context to everything that follows. Everything that follows is building on the narrative of Genesis. So understanding the context of Genesis allows us to have contextual insights for things that transpire after the fact. Um, things, standards are established. Culture is even established. Mm -hmm. And understanding culture later in the book, um, it is key to understand why that became a cultural element, whether it's uh, the people around the nation or the people within the nation, how they develop their cultures, and we get clues and insights about that. Um, and we understand like how God chose to reveal himself mm -hmm. to people and to a nation. Mm -hmm. And we see those, those whispers and those that, that is illuminated to us in the text. And, and this is like, this is the beginning. This is the genesis mm -hmm. of God revealing mm -hmm. himself to his creation. Mm -hmm. And we see that continuously unfolding. And in order to appreciate its culmination in the New Testament, it is important or even essential to understand the pretext, the original context mm -hmm. that gave rise to this, um, that ultimately is culminated in the New Testament. So I think genesis is essential, obviously, and all, and all those things. And and it is, it is epic. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is one of the world's greatest epics, mm -hmm. if not the greatest epic, in that it, is, it, it, caps, it encapsulates all the great things that make a story excellent mm -hmm. while also having historical veracity. And, and you know, just on the, the, the concept of story, I also think that this is another benefit to the book of Genesis. This, this would also be true of the book of Exodus and also uh, 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 of the Gospels and the book of Acts and probably a few other books. But um, uh, we need stories. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and God chose to reveal himself in the context of people's real messy lives in this world. And so sometimes people might perhaps get to thinking that uh, the Bible is just a kind of a, you know, God has downloaded to us uh, a series of, of, of principles. Um, and although the Bible certainly uh, contains, uh, contains many important principles, uh, the fact of the matter is that God revealed uh, his ways in the context of real life to real people, to real families, to real extended families, to real nations. And I think that that's 
really helpful for us. You know, just thinking in the book of Genesis, you you, re, you know, you just you encounter all kinds of of things um, in in the life of Abraham, the life of Isaac, the life of Jacob, the life life of Joseph. They, I mean, and these are these are true stories. These are things that really happened, and 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 they faced temptations and pressures and. And sometimes they tried to take matters into their own hands and mess things up. Yeah, it's they, very they, messy. They had to deal with internal family challenges, and they had to deal with with external challenges and relating to other people. And so, so we 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 can identify we can identify with with the challenges and the temptations that they face, and that can help us, I think, to walk with the Lord, um, knowing that knowing the good news that the Lord interacts with his people, even in the midst of their very messy lives. Yeah, yeah, we, we see that, that. We see God as being transcendent and divine in the midst of very human, very messy, earthly muck. And it's dirty, and like the, we, we've been in the story of Jacob the last, the last few weeks, and it's just such a mess. It's such a natural human and cultural mess that he is in. And yet God is still reigning through that circumstance and guiding that circumstance and, and working in that person's life to fulfill his promises, which it's just there's nothing but grace in this story because there's nothing about that character that really merited any of this. Our, our, <laughs> our, our lives are not polished. Yeah, exactly. Identifiable, yeah, very relatable characters. You can, uh, very relatable characters. Um. So do we? Do you want to talk a little bit about the last few chapters that we've gone through in Genesis, the past sure, yeah, the past yeah, few sermons? Sure, yeah. We're, we're obviously we're 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 starting this this podcast um, after we've already journeyed through the first thirty chapters of Genesis. So um, many times uh, our podcast discussion will focus on on, on the most recent sermon, um, although we'll, we'll feel free to to explore other areas too, um, but. Yeah, we've been in, most recently, in terms of the Genesis series, we've been in Genesis chapters 29, 30, and the, uh, the beginning of 31. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it, was a, it was a very pivotal and formative time in the, in the life of Jacob. And it's, you know, and it's really interesting because Jacob was, the, you know, he, 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 was, he was in that that promised line of, of, you know, chosen sons to, you know, to carry the, the torch of God's covenant, to be a steward of God's redeeming grace through whom God would bring blessing, not only to Jacob's offspring, but to all the families of the earth, as, as, as you know, Genesis 12, 3 and other passages say. Um, but you just, sometimes we, sometimes we might be, tempted to think that when God, uh, when God chooses a man to be the, you know, the, the steward of his covenantal grace, that w w in our own minds, we might think, well, I, I bet, I bet things are going to go just smooth sailing for that man. Right. Actually, just the opposite yeah. is the case. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so you, you, you think, you know, Jacob had this, Jacob had this high calling upon his life. He, he, he was going to, he was going to carry the torch of, of, of the covenant. He was going to be instrumental in God's plan. Okay. And, um, 
but he did not immediately ascend to a place of 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 greatness. Instead, um, he had to go through uh, twenty years of servitude mm-hmm. with his uncle Laban, who became his you know his father in law, and yet. And yet, those 20 years with Laban, he, he, he served uh, the first seven years for Rachel, and then, of course, Laban pulled a fast one on him and gave him his, his daughter Leah instead, and basically Laban required Jacob to serve another seven years to get, to get Rachel, and then, and then he ended up you know, serving an additional six years after that, so for a total of 20 years. Um, but I, I see that time in Jacob's life as a time of sanctification. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it reminds me, you know, you see these patterns in the book of Genesis. And I was thinking about this recently, about how when God created Adam, he, he, he created Adam and he put Adam in the garden to work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he got his work assignment. And then shortly thereafter, God brought him a wife. Eve. And of course, the, the commission upon them both, upon Adam and Eve, was to be fruitful and multiply. And so you, just, just think about that, 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 that pattern and order. Work, mm-hmm. marriage, children. Mm-hmm. Real, that's, I mean, that's real life. That's the way God designed it. And, and this, this formative time of sanctification and growth in Jacob's life, what did it consist of? Work. Mm-hmm marriage mm. and then had a bunch of kids yeah. and 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 you know it, it's not it's not the it's not the monk off in a monastery who is <laughs> uh somehow privileged to experience god's sanctifying work mm. i mean you know a monk may or may not experience god's sanctifying work depending on you know their belief system and, and all that kind of stuff. but 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 the point is god's design in terms of the ordinary life of a believer mm-hmm. is work, work with integrity and grace, work honorably, mm-hmm. uh, get married, settle down, have children. And it was, in the, it was in that context where Jacob grew in his relationship with the Lord. And so uh, I like to say that, mm-hmm. that suffering is the pathway to glory. Yeah. And, and for Jacob, that time of servitude under his uncle Laban under his father-in-law, under his father-in-law Laban, was part of God's appointed pathway for his growth and development as as a man and as a as a covenant man mm. that God had appointed him to be. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that well, work and the work of marriage and the work of child rearing is a, an amazing proving ground, a training ground where uh, weaknesses and insecurities and um, things that you just things that you would never expect are revealed, and they can be revealed through your spouse. They can be revealed through your children, and and it's it's there's a path. There is a path that God uses that as a path of sanctification. He uses that as a ch- training ground to to grow us. And he, he did that with Jacob, and he, I think he did that with Adam as well. And that is an interesting, that is a very interesting pattern. God, God, God might use your less than honest uncle or your less than honest father-in-law yeah. to facilitate sanctification yeah. in your life and to draw you closer to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. He, well, he'll use that which we don't even expect to be used 
which is interesting. And then there's an exercise in, in patience and trusting him and relying on him. And that had 20 years, like 20 years of like, you're, you're an adult at 20, you know, <laughs> like you have, you have gone, you think you've lived a little bit by the time you're 20. And he's like, he spent 20 years serving and, and I mean, more or less suffering under the leadership or the authority of his, of his, uh, of his father-in-law. That's some patience. Like we, we, we don't, are, I don't think my patience is on a 20 year timeline. Well, and, and, and if he, and if he, and if he didn't have it, he had, he had to learn it. Right. You know, we, 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 we learn patience by going through, uh, circumstances that try our patience. Right. And so don't, I mean, that's an encouragement to all of us. Like, don't don't resent the things that try your patience, for they are God's very instrument mm. to bring about the good fruit of patience right. and kindness and love in your life. Right. Yeah. So uh, a huge blessing wrapped up in 20 years of suffering. You know, this irreplaceable. Like, the lessons that are learned are irreplaceable. You can't learn them any other way. That's so, right. like, the cost for that lesson is very high. Yeah. And I mean, it must be precious if there's high cost, right? That's interesting. I, um, I think that this, the story of Jacob is really interesting to me also for other reasons. Um, just, like, the family dynamics and, and how God used his relationship with Laban to, uh, like, refine out, work out some of the issues that Jacob had as a younger man, being a you know, kind of a deceptive heel catcher. And then he was deceptively caught by the heel by his own father-in-law. And it's like this, this, that sort of turnabout is interesting. And I think that it was an educational experience for him and changed him as a character and as a personality. Yeah. Um, and I think that sometimes that happens in our own lives mm -hmm. where God will use things to come around and kind of boomerang have a boomerang effect in our own lives. So I find that really interesting, fascinating. Yeah, God, 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 God might rebuke you by sending, um, you know, someone to directly confront you over your sin. But God might also rebuke you by giving you a taste of your own medicine. Right. And in either case, we should be humble learners. Mm. Yeah, and all this is like the, the, this branches into that. Like, so he's shepherding. He's doing like he's he's dealing with the goats. He's dealing with the sheep, and this is a, uh, an extension of that lesson. Like a shepherd dealing with his sheep mm -hmm. will well, he'll break the legs of the sheep if the sheep continuously is running astray. Mm -hmm. And it's like, is that is that is that, is that a cruelty? to not allow the sheep to run astray and be consumed by wild animals mm -hmm. that would do it harm? Or is it a mercy to teach it that the shepherd cares for it? And like the sacrifice of the shepherd in that regard, mm -hmm. you know, the shepherd has to carry the, the, the sheep on its back that has a broken leg mm -hmm. and has to subject himself to all the normal bodily functions of the mm -hmm. sheep on his back mm -hmm. as he nurtures this mm -hmm. sheep in discipline. Mm -hmm. And, and he did that with Jacob, mm -hmm. and I'm sure that Jacob understood that lesson as a shepherd, and then he was shepherded, and we are shepherded. That's so right. So it's like this, this is an epic story that is super 
relative, uh, relational. You can mm -hmm. relate to this. Mm -hmm. It is relevance in our personal lives, mm -hmm. even in the 20th century. And, and this is this ancient story that still is alive yeah. and breathing yeah. and teaching us things that we need. That's right. That's right. Well, Dane, I think that that's a good place to stop on this inaugural uh, podcast episode. Um, listening, listening friends, I just remind you, uh, you know, feel free to submit any questions related to the Genesis sermon series or to uh, any particular sermon or, or even to any, 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 any doctrinal matter uh, or, or ministry matter in the life of the church. We'd love to, we'd love, we'd love to make this practically helpful specifically to uh, the members and friends of South Paris Baptist Church. So, Amen. Yeah, excellent. Thank you for listening to our conversation. May the Lord give you continual encouragement in His Word. And strengthen you daily by His grace. Amen.